So this is something of a continuation of a talk that I gave last week. The question I addressed last week was, do we have now in our Bibles an accurate representation of what was originally written then by the original writers? Uh, I'm focusing particularly on the question of the, the Gospels. I'm going to now dive back into the question of, well, who did write those Gospels and when was the then that we were asking last week, do we have now what they wrote then? So this is uh, who wrote what when, if you like. Um, Richard Dawkins, like starting off with a quote from Richard Dawkins, um, seems to think um, that if you ask this question, it will be uh, fatal to a reasonable belief in what the Bible says. This is the fact that something is written down is persuasive to people not used to asking, asking questions like who wrote it and when? Um, so let's spend 20 minutes asking that question and see what it does for us. I mentioned this forged uh, links in the chain of testimony uh, between an event like the life of Christ and us getting access to the testimony uh, written down in uh, our New Testaments in this case and uh, last week was looking at sort of three and four, and this week is looking at links one and two. That is the, the link between the, the reported events and the, the source, and the source and the writing down of that report. Um, you could also say that these could be subdivided into a little smaller steps here, in term, terms of, of course, ground zero is actually people witnessing the historical Jesus. Um, witness to his life between circa 6 BC and AD 30 or 33. Uh, then stage two, the period of what's called oral history, uh, when the teachings of and stories about Jesus were preserved primarily in the oral memory of the eyewitnesses and of the wider Christian community. And then link two concerns the written sources and the written gospels. So stage three here is the period of written sources, when the various collections, particularly of sayings, and also some narrative material uh, were collected. And then stage four is the composition of this data into the finished, kind of completed Gospels as we now have them in the New Testament. And of course, these uh, stages should be uh, thought of, of as overlapping to some extent, uh, one with another. They're not uh, sort of one happens and then there's a sudden break and then the next period uh, starts, they overlap one with another. Um, some people have uh, suggested that perhaps Luke 1 verse 1 gives some indication of all four of these uh, stages. Uh, I put in brackets there uh, in Luke 1 1. You can look that up for yourself. Those of you who are listening on the tape, if you want to have a look how that might relate to the four different stages mentioned there. So who wrote the Gospels? Dawkins says nobody knows who the four evangelists were, but they almost certainly never met Jesus. How does he know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, New Testament scholar Mark D. Roberts reports that in recent years many have come to believe that the first and fourth Gospels, uh, Mark and John, uh, reflect the memory and the perspective of Jesus' own disciples. Uh, both uh, Matthew and John. Matthew and John may not have been the ones who finally put pen to papyrus, but they, their memory, their authority, stand behind the Gospels that bear their names. 
One of the reasons for thinking this is that Christians probably wouldn't have attributed these Gospels, as, as happened at a very early stage, to such peripheral characters to the story as Mark, Luke, even Matthew is in some sense fairly peripheral yeah, in the stories, if those weren't the people that wrote them. Um, Mark and Luke, after all, were not among the twelve disciples. And although an apostle, Matthew, was best known uh, as uh, an unscrupulous uh, collaborator with the Roman authorities, wasn't going to endear him to the Jewish audience that his gospel is primarily addressed to. You can contrast that quite nicely with the, the non-canonical uh, gospels from the uh, apocryphal gospels, the second through kind of fifth century material, which are all falsely ascribed to highly reputable, influential early Christians. So you have the things like the Gospel of Peter, um, to try and make them appear as authoritative and credible as possible. Uh, and so if uh, our four Gospels were similarly being made up by people who wanted to give them as much authority as possible, you would have thought the same kind of names would have been associated with them. Uh, so New Testament scholar Craig Blomberg uh, summarises that he thinks a good case can still be made for Matthew, Mark, Luke and John as the authors or standing behind the authorship of those Gospels. I think more important than the precise who was it, because we're saying it might not have been actually finished by those particular uh, disciples, as long as them and their authority are standing behind it, and that's only for two of them are disciples anyway. The other two are getting information from uh, disciple sources and so on. Is when were these Gospels written? Uh, and I've kind of tabulated here what you might call the kind of more conservative end of the dating spectrum that you tend to get, and the more what's called liberal end of the spating, uh, dating spectrum. Uh, but you can see uh, that as the summary from Roy Williams puts it up here, the consensus is sometime between AD 60 and AD 90 is the sort of good consensus of scholarship across the spectrum although both earlier and later dates have been proposed. But you see all of these dates are between the death of Jesus and the end of the first century, even for the uh, liberal ones there. Um, some data that goes into this uh, conclusion, things like um, some of the church fathers obviously quote from um, those Gospels. Uh, Polycarp refers to all four Gospels, as well as Acts in about AD 110, Ignatius refers to all four Gospels, as well as Acts in AD 108. Clement, writing from Corinth in about AD 96, quotes from all three of the Synoptic Gospels. Um, some of the manuscript finds pushed back these dating. It used to be argued, particularly with John's Gospel, that maybe that was 2nd century. Um, but the, the manuscript finds that I showed you last week, and actually I've got a picture of it in the background here, the John Ryland's fragment... Uh, at least one stage of copying removed from the, from the autograph and yet dating to the very early 2nd century. So that pushed John into the end of the 1st century at the latest. So as William Lane Craig says, all historians agree that the Gospels were written down and circulated during the first generation after the event of Christ's life. Another... Um, argument that holds quite a lot of sway with a lot of scholars in this field is to bring in looking at the dating of the book of Acts, which is Luke's sequel to the, the gospel that bears his name, 
which ends uh, with Paul in prison uh, in Rome about AD 62. And nothing is said about Paul's trial or his release or his uh, missionary journey after that or his uh, martyrdom or indeed the martyrdom of James, the brother of Jesus, which also happened in AD 62. Nothing's mentioned about the destruction of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple, so on in AD 70. Um, and so quite a lot of scholars think that that's quite good grounds for thinking, well, probably those sort of things would have been mentioned by the writer of Acts um, had they have happened. Um, the fact that they are not mentioned may be an indication that probably they hadn't happened and therefore Acts would have been completed prior to AD 62. But of course, if Acts is the sequel to the Gospel of Luke, that means Luke must be earlier than Acts. Uh, so that pushes Luke into... What, 61? 60? Who knows? But something like that. So that would, uh, that line of argument would push you to thinking that the synoptic gospels, particularly given the relationships that scholars draw between the gospels, because Luke is generally seen as the last of those synoptic gospels. It goes Mark, then Matthew, then Luke. And if Luke is by 62, Matthew must be earlier than that, and Mark must be earlier than that. All these synoptic gospels were written within 30 years of Jesus' death, in other words. Now, I haven't got time to go into the ins and outs of this, but I get uh, somewhat more into tentative, uh, if I had to lay bet, kind of dating of the gospels in the book that's going to come out in September this year. Uh, and I would actually argue, following... Um, Carlson, Peter Feed, and um, Paul Barnett, uh, scholars, um, that perhaps uh, Mark, based upon teach, uh, teaching from Peter in Rome, um, maybe started being composed in AD 44, went through a couple of drafts that fit in with data from the early church fathers and stuff that was happening in the early church councils and so on, and may have actually been uh, finally brought together uh, and ready for sort of distribution and copying in Rome by AD uh, 49. Matthew then, say, mid-50s to early 60s, Luke sometime before AD 62, and John, well, nobody really knows. Some people will think it's written before the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70, but the majority would say sometime in the 80s or early 90s uh, AD. Now, I was very pleased to find this data that allowed me to compile these uh, uh, charts and bar chart here. This is looking, uh, last week we looked at some bar charts about sort of the number of manuscripts or the, the, the gap between the autograph and our earliest surviving copies of manuscripts. And I was arguing uh, that the New Testament passes those tests better than anything else in ancient history. Well, here's another similar test. It's not one that the New Testament passes better than anything else in ancient history, but it certainly passes it um, comparable with the majority and better than a lot of ancient history. And that is the gap between the historical events and the written report about those events. So between someone claiming to witness something happening and then actually having a written report of what they're saying they witnessed, what is that gap? for the Gospels and for the rest of ancient history. Well, even ignoring earlier written drafts or the sources of the Gospels, just looking at the Gospels, 
And even using the earlier of the two dates given for Jesus' crucifixion, so we'll make that gap as big as we can, we can reasonably make it, I think the Gospels compare very favourably with other ancient works in, t- in time uh, interval here. So the average gap that you compile from this data uh, between the event and the written report for ten non-biblical sources listed here, like Suetonius, Josephus, Herodotus, uh, uh, Xenophon, so on, Pliny. The average gap is 95 years. If we exclude Plutarch's lives, which you can see is a particularly um, sort of outrider here on the, the data, then the average time gap is 71 years. The average gap between the completed four Gospels and the events they report is about 45 years. So 45 years gap for the Gospels, 71 years for the, the rest of our, uh, for nine ancient sources there. Indeed, that would drop to 39 years if you were just looking at the Synoptic Gospels. If you ignored the stories about Jesus' infancy, because of course the bulk of the reporting in the Gospels is about Jesus' last few years, well then actually, for the most, for the majority of your data, the average time gap drops to 28 years for the Gospels, which is, you know, it's beaten by Pliny's letters at 1.5 years, uh, Thucydides' history at 15 years, uh, Xenophon, 20 years, there's the only three that I found uh, that beat it. So that's uh, quite an interesting graph, if you like those kind of things. This is a highly complicated graph about those sources that I was mentioning, but basically it boils down to this, with lots of pretty colours. There's five separate sources behind the four Gospels that we have, and they relate to the different Gospels in different ways, but you can argue that at least elements of at least three of these five Gospel sources must have existed within 20 years of the historical Jesus. So there's elements of those Gospels, even if they're completed, say, 60 years after Christ or whatever, because they're incorporating earlier sources there's lots of information in those Gospels that go to with, within 20 years. Um, let me wave a book at you. Uh, Richard Bockham's Jesus and the Eyewitnesses. Uh, very good book on this point about the oral history and the eyewitness sources behind the Gospels, where he argues pretty convincingly to my mind that many of the named characters that you come across in the stories are named because those are the characters in the stories that are the eyewitnesses behind that bit of oral tradition, that bit of oral history that's being summarised there. Uh, Indeed, uh, I just made that slip between oral tradition and oral history. Uh, The Gospels, technically speaking, aren't even based upon oral traditions. That's technically characterised by a transmission of information orally over at least a generation. Rather, in the field, a contemporary eyewitness oral history is what this is called. And uh, so it's argued by comparison uh, with other uh, oral cultures and oral traditions, oral histories, um, that that in and of itself gives us good reason to trust the core, at least, of what's being communicated uh, in those written sources that we have in the Gospels. 
As Paul Copan puts it, and this will uh, overlap slightly into uh, Keith's talk, uh, he'll be able to take up some of these points from here. Philosopher Paul Copan says that given, first, the importance of memorization and oral tradition in first century Palestinian culture, secondly, the practice of occasionally writing down and preserving the teachings of rabbis and their disciples, something that relates to these gospel sources, third, the fact that the vast majority of Jesus' teaching was in poetic and easily memorizable form. Fourth, the importance and revered status of religious traditions in Palestine. And fifth, the presence of apostolic authority in Jerusalem to ensure the accurate transmission of that tradition and to check uh, potential heresy at an early stage. He reckons we've got a good reason to believe that the material in the Gospels was carefully and correctly set down. Uh, And I think the caveat would be, at least within the traditions um, perhaps one might be able to say within the best traditions of uh, ancient uh, historiography.